It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer Howard Beck on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Howard, how are you? Doing well, guys. How are you? We're great. Gordon and I were just talking about uh, what a wild season that it's been, and we're so grateful uh, to you, Howard, for coming on with us each and every week, even when we weren't sure if they were going to be able to to finish the season and just how unique this this whole thing really has been. No, thanks. And I've listened. My pleasure. Appreciate you guys uh, always having me. I can't believe, as Austin just pointed out, that we've been doing this for basically an entire calendar year uh, every Friday wow. for, you know, actually, I think it's, it's probably been pretty close to a full 12 months, right? Because we've started yep. probably this time last year during the preseason. Um, so that's new. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were just we were just talking about that, Howard. That the regular season would be starting what, Jake, next week? Uh, geez, right. This yeah, boggles your mind. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's just nuts. It's still I don't know about for you guys. It's still uh, jarring to me when I think like the finals just ended five days ago, six days ago, and and it's October. And normally it's you know there's just certain there's a a feeling I have when the season's over is this kind of sigh of relief in a way. Um, you know, okay, that's another season in the books. I've, I've written something off that last game of the finals about the championship. Take a deep breath. Draft is coming up, whatever. But, you know, then it's vacation time, like summer league and then vacation. And it's summer. And, it's, and instead I just got back from taking a quick walk to the store and it's like 50 degrees and rainy and – <laughs> it's October. Halloween is soon. Like it just none of this makes sense. It's it's just it, it, the 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 calendar is just permanently thrown off. Well, let's talk a little bit about those finals that have now come to an end. Howard uh, LeBron adds another one. The Lakers add another one, tying up the Celtics. Um, let's start off with LeBron. What does this championship do for his legacy? Well, you know it's funny because I'm of two minds on this. If if you had asked me a few years ago after he won the championship in Cleveland or after his run in Cleveland ended and before he signed with the Lakers, I would have said his legacy was already secure. Three championships, three finals MVPs, four regular season MVPs, one of the greatest scorers of all time, one of the greatest assist guys of all time, um, you know, the number of finals he'd already been to, everything he'd already achieved, where he ranked on the all-time leaderboards, everything was secure and he was already in the discussion with Michael Jordan and if you want to add Kareem as well, depending on where you are on this debate, that he was already in the, in the discussion for greatest of all time. And people, you know, no amount of achievements probably are going to sway certain people ever anyway. So I thought if he never did anything again, if he didn't hit a single shot again after 2016, say, I think his legacy was secure. That said, having made the decision to go to L.A., having made the decision to sign up with one of the most storied franchises of, in, in all of sports, where championships are the only thing that they recognize and the only thing that they care about, and to follow in the footsteps of Kareem and Magic and Shaq and Kobe and, and Jerry West. And to do that, you do take on a, a, a different kind of burden because if you go there as one of the best ever to play the game, but you don't do anything of note in a Laker uniform, well, then it's, then it, then it's almost worse. It, it, it's, it's, you know, 
so you if you choose to take that on, you almost have to deliver a championship or multiple to you know make sure that you have, are, are are securing your place in that franchise's history. His place in NBA history was already secure, but his place in Laker history was a different matter. And by winning this championship in year two, and especially given what happened to him last year with the injury and the missing the playoffs, it's it's huge. So it's not just that it's ring number four. It's not just that it's uh, his fourth finals MVP. It's that now he's now for, for Laker fans in particular, I think this just absolutely uh, cements his relationship with that franchise. And of course it comes in the year that, that we lost Kobe Bryant and there, you know, people might have different feelings about whether that sentiment matters or the whole winning for Kobe thing. And, and if, if that's overplayed, but I, I do think there were some very real and, and, um, earnest, meaningful feelings amongst the players and certainly Jeannie Buss and others in that franchise about wanting to win it this year. You want to win it regardless, but losing Kobe, I do think, added another layer um, emotionally there. And so it, 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 it did a lot. It did a lot. His, his, his legacy was secure, but this absolutely enhanced it. Howard, I, I kind of hope that or I wish that, that people could just appreciate uh, LeBron James for what he is as a player, his uniqueness, uh, you know, what, what, his powerful build, his ability to move, his skill, all these things without necessarily arguing over whether he's the best of all time or not, you know? I mean, I don't even know how, how you come to these conclusions, but he's so great and he's so unique. I, I wish all basketball fans would just enjoy it. You'll be shocked to hear this, but I'm of two minds on this as well. Um, I, on the one hand, I agree with you, Gordon. I, I don't care. I don't think that there is an objective, absolute, certified answer on this, for one. I, there, there, is, there is no right answer on this. Nobody can prove to me otherwise. Um, I don't have a dog in the fight. I could argue either side pretty convincingly, I think. I don't. I, I don't think there's a, a, an answer, and I don't care if there's an answer. But I also don't mind the debate. The debate is fun. It's part of sports. It's what we do. We, we rank and we debate. And, you know, this, this often falls along generational lines. The older you are, the more likely you are to side with Michael Jordan. If you're a little older than that, you might say, no, it's Kareem. And if you're younger, you're going with LeBron. And it's all fine, and I don't mind it. But I do think it's all, it, there's a, there is a certain pointlessness to it because there, there is no way to definitively come to a conclusion, whether it's through statistics, whether it's through ring count. You know, I mean, I, you know, that's, that's a way oversimplification. Um, and I, I generally agree with you that I, I think the important thing is to recognize and appreciate what these guys are doing in real time. Realize that we, wait, we will we'll never see the likes of LeBron again. I, I don't think we will see somebody like him. I mean, we may see some, you know, facsimile thereof. Um, and, and every great player has their own story to write and, and all of that. But LeBron is incredible. We, we have not seen anything like him before. Whether you think he's better than Michael or not quite as good as Michael, whatever, he's, he's fundamentally different than Michael. And, yeah, I, just, uh, I, I prefer to just enjoy the greatness of these guys as it's unfolding um, and appreciating them while they're around because, yeah, those careers don't last forever. And, you know, we could go through a big drought where we don't, we don't see anybody. You might still, you know, Giannis will be great and Luca will be great. And there'll be all these other fun guys to watch. But will they do what LeBron has done um, at the same level? You know, I would say probably not. 
I'll add a little comment to to my question to you, Howard, and uh, Jake will laugh at this. But uh, the other night, uh, my my one of my daughters and her husband were arguing back and forth, and they have a great relationship. But they were going at it pretty pretty well, and I was listening to the whole thing, and I was going, "Well, that's a good point." And then the other one would make that argument and say, "That's a good point," and they were going back and forth and back and forth, and finally, I. I stay out of these matters. Usually I walked over and I said, hey, there's no proving one way or the other. And then I shut up and walked out, you know. But even I was proud that my daughter could really come up with these great arguments. But it was it was uh, there's no way to prove it. That's the problem. But maybe it's fun along the way. Better be careful. They might take over your radio show. Yeah, they, it was it was really good. They were my daughter was making way better arguments than Jake does. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh, 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 sorry. Did Easy I did there. I say that out loud or did you I just think have. it? I, okay. <laughs> uh, Howard, I want to ask you about the Jazz offseason and uh, what you think it, it might look like. And that seems like kind of a wild question, actually, to ask because we don't know the parameters of the offseason just yet. But do you think they'll be active? Do you think they'll try to roll this cast back? What do you think uh, the Jazz need to do? Man, I mean, I'll be honest, guys. I have not given it much thought at that level. Um, it's, you know, we've obviously finals having just concluded and free agency still a little ways off and the draft is still a few weeks out. Um, I haven't really thought about it much. Um, I'll, be, I'll be curious to see how aggressive they are. I think that, you know, there are times when you can, when you're an up-and-coming team, and I think that there's still a team that you could say is still mostly an on-the-rise type of team because your core, the, the, the most important player to me is Donovan Mitchell, who is still evolving and you, you know, the, the improvement that he makes can carry the franchise. So the steps that they take forward, may be his steps forward, right? Those will track with each other. On the other hand, they definitely still need to make some improvements. And I think, you know, I'm fairly certain they recognize that. Um, and when you're going up against, when you're in a conference with, you know, the now defending champion Lakers and LeBron is, refusing to erode, refusing to, to slide toward the horizon. The Clippers are going to be back and still incredibly talented. The Nuggets, the Warriors will, will now be back and healthy. You know, that's, that's a tough, tough group to break through if you want to at least have home court advantage even in the first round of the playoffs. And so I, I don't think you can afford to stand pat or just rely on the idea that Donovan Mitchell's improvement from year to year will be enough to break through the crowd. And, you know, look, the rest of this roster is, is most of guys are pretty well established. They are who they are. You know, you look at the ages and, you know, guys in their late 20s or early 30s, I don't know that you can count on a lot of, of internal growth. And so – I, I do think that that suggests they need to, to make some moves. I, I, I couldn't begin to tell you what those are right now. It's so early. But I think if you want to be in championship contention, if you want to try to, to get past those four teams that I just named that I think are all, all have a head start on Utah, um, then I think you have to be creative and, and find some ways to, to keep improving the roster. Well, uh, I agree with what Dennis Lindsay said. He said essentially they need some perimeter defensive help who, uh, and someone who won't hurt them in their spacing at the offensive end. And I don't know how they're going to accomplish that, but that's something 
that they need. Yeah. I'm, inter- I'm interested in knowing from you, Howard, a couple of the moves that we've seen happen in the NBA. Were you surprised that Daryl Morey is, is stepping uh, away in Houston? And what do you think of the Clippers uh, naming Coach Lou? I was stunned by Daryl stepping down. I mean, look, the writing was on the wall in some ways, whether it's – I mean, there are a lot of things you can point to, right? Um, did the China controversy, the Hong Kong uh, tweet, have something to do with this? Probably not, but it certainly caused a lot of stress. I know it was really hard on, on Daryl to deal with at the time. I don't think he was pushed out. I think he left on his own. So I don't think this was, this was a repercussion for that. But it was a stress factor. He's been at this for a while, 13 years with that franchise, uh, or, or 14 total, I think, and 13 as, as the GM. And, you know, they've, they've been really creative and innovative and, and ambitious and aggressive, and I, like, I think he's run one of the best front offices in the NBA. And they haven't been able to break through. The Warrior dynasty has something to do with that. There's some self-inflicted wounds along the way. And then the other factor is that they changed ownership. And so Les Alexander is the one who hired Daryl and really believed in him and, and you know, was the first to decide, I'm going to hire a, an analytics guy as GM. And then Tillman Fertitta comes in as owner a few years ago, and he's a different personality and doesn't have the same, I think, um, same approach that Les Alexander has and, and um, you know, certainly doesn't need to have the same loyalty to Daryl Morey and, and the vision that he had. I think he has honored that, but I also think that Fertitta was doing everything possible to duck the luxury tax. It cost him some players along the way and made Daryl's job harder. Um, and then I'll just throw this out there. I, I have no proof of this, so I'm not asserting this as fact. I have never fully believed, however, that Daryl Morey is the one who wanted to trade Chris Paul and draft picks for Russell Westbrook. It never s- made sense to me as a Daryl Morey kind of move. He has defended it to the hilt as if it were his, and maybe it was. But it felt to me more like, and this was the suspicion around the league with some uh, you know, other teams, that this was more about Tillman Fertitta wanting to swing for the fences and get Westbrook and James Harden wanting to go get his friend Russell Westbrook after having a falling out with Chris Paul. And so if I'm right, and if people around the league are right, and if that suspicion is correct, then maybe that – also played a role in this, that maybe Daryl didn't feel like he had quite as much autonomy as he once did. But that is speculative. It's reasonable speculation, but it's, it's I would say, you know, not something I could, I could prove definitively. Um, Ty Lu, I've known Ty Lu since literally his first day in the league uh, when he was, you know, technically a, a Nuggets draft pick, but he was acquired by the Lakers in a, in a deal for Nick Van Exel, and I was covering the Lakers at the time. So I've known Lou on some level for a long time. Um, I think he did a phenomenal job with Cleveland. I think it's a, it's a job that was not given enough recognition because when you're LeBron James's coach, it's just assumed that, well, you, you got to benefit from having LeBron James. Um, he also is, uh, you know, overlooked in all that was that he held LeBron to account. There's a great anecdote about game seven against the Warriors, the year that they beat the Warriors in the finals game seven halftime Tyloo, calling LeBron out in the locker room and LeBron initially being, being kind of taken aback and, 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 and all this, but that it did in fact motivate him the right way and, and got him, got him going and pushed him to another level, pushed that team to the level it needed to be. And they won the championship that night. Um, he, he's a great communicator. He always has the respect of players. He's really well prepared. He studied his butt off in all the years that he was an assistant under doc rivers 
primarily, um, you know, going back to Boston and then his, his, you know, his first stint, uh, you know, the, the, the stint with him in, in LA. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think it's a good choice. And I think it's, it's in some ways he was the obvious choice once they decided to part ways with Doc Rivers. He already knows those players. There's already a relationship there. Whether he can fix the chemistry issues that, that ailed them, you know, this past postseason, I don't know. Um, I, I'm, I'm still not exactly sure what, what happened with that team, but they have some chemistry issues. There's no question. Well, Howard, we can't thank you enough for uh, all the info, all the wisdom that uh, you've shared with us this uh, abnormal NBA season. Our, our listeners are absolutely the better for it. And thanks for uh, just doing such a great job and being so easy to work with. We really appreciate you coming on. Now, thank you guys for all the kind words. Thanks for all the great questions. Thanks for having me on every Friday. It's uh, It's been a blast as, as usual, however long we've been doing this, however many years it's been now. And, um, no, the pleasure's all mine, and uh, I look forward to uh, resuming whenever this all starts again. <laughs> Hopefully we'll know soon. Well, Howard, absolutely. That's, uh, that's our pleasure, man. We, we, we really do. I echo what Jake said. Uh, you're one of the best, man. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Thank you, Howard. Be well. That's our friend Howard Beck. Uh, the final daily assist of the year, Gordon, uh, as we yeah. kind of got to there at the beginning. Uh, it's been almost an entire calendar year. In fact, I'm sure Austin's saying thank you to Howard, but I believe Austin said October 25th last year was the first time we had him on wow. for the NBA season. So so literally <laughs> almost an entire calendar year. That's pretty wild to think about. Well, and you'll, you'll notice in talking with him today, and this is true for all our, our daily assist guys, you know, they – the, the enthusiasm they have for reporting on the game and analyzing the game, it, it never wavered for yeah. any of them. I mean, well, Chris Mannix at times could be a little difficult, but, you know, I mean, otherwise. <laughs> but never Howard. Never. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just kidding. Of course. More Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.